Hey guys, it's Kurt, and this is Parenting Today. Today, John and I are going to talk about the talk when you decide whether you and your child are going to root for Auburn or for Alabama. No, that's not it. The other talk, the talk that you might be dreading, um, or the talk that maybe you just had, or um, the talk about sex. Uh, We're going to get into uh, when, uh, how, uh, and uh, how often. Uh, we're going to try to handle all of these issues. Um, even though we're clearly not experts, we're going to try to point you to some and then use some of our own mistakes and wisdom. I hope that you enjoy it. Um, and so uh, here's Joe Deegan. Let's get into the podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Parenting Today. Kurt, how's it going? going great john good to be with you yeah good to be with you again as well uh, everything going okay over in montgomery alabama yeah i think so um things going well you're not in um jackson mississippi right now are you john are you in uh laurel that's correct yeah any any people uh who like to watch hgtv's hometown that's where it's filmed so that's yeah laurel mississippi um yes yeah also but, is laurel in jones county that's correct. Free state of Jones. This is in the, the free state of Jones. So there's a lot of things. A lot of things. Yes, actually, uh, I know, we, actually, we we both know someone who is in the movie Free State of Jones. I don't know if you know this or not. I actually know, but two, do you know that, two people who are in that movie. Okay, because John Wiggins' wife, Catherine Wiggins, shout out to John Wiggins, a mutual friend of ours. But um, Catherine. Catherine. Who, hmm? and well, yeah, Catherine. Catherine. I, was, I was about to say Catherine, who... Um, uh, we went to, uh, my wife and I went to Mississippi state with her. She is in, uh, she is in the free state of James in several scenes. So, um, anyway, if you see that movie, you can look out for, yeah. And those just the only movie star I really know. <laughs> and it's kind of, it was one of those movies. I mean, the story is, is very interesting. Um, the movie did not do so well. I mean, it starred Matthew McConaughey, um, and I think directed by the, the director of the hunger Games. So, Kind of thought it would be a bigger movie, but it kind of, it came out and just kind of you know uh, didn't really make that Wait, big, bigger did it, splash. Did it put did it put the Southern United States in a positive light? Because I think that's probably why it didn't do well. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Very good, oh. nicely played. <laughs> yes, yeah. I don't I don't think we're allowed to say that there's nothing redeemable about the Southern United States. So um, <laughs> I think that's that's. I think that's what we're supposed to say, right? I don't yeah, know. Anyway, yeah, maybe. I've lived here my whole life, and it's got plenty of problems. But you know, occasionally some good things happen here. You just never know. Yeah, uh, well, and I, I definitely say this as you say that. Uh, one of my favorite movies is uh, The Insider, uh, starring Russell Crowe and Al Pacino. This was kind of right mm-hmm. as Russell Crowe was coming on the scene, and one of his you know first mm-hmm. Oscar nominations. It was directed by Michael Mann, who's one of my favorite directors, mm-hmm. and. There's a portion Michael of that. Mann directed Last of the Mohicans, by the way, which Correct. is one of my favorite movies. Yes, very. Yeah, that's in, in Heat and uh, Collateral. <clears throat> and so, anyway, um, there's a portion of The Insider that was filmed on uh, the Mississippi Gulf Coast. And it, he actually portrays Mississippi in a positive light. And, and one of those positives is not everyone was sweating in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think that's why Matt McConaughey. I think that's why Matthew McConaughey is in a lot of movies about the South is because he's like a generally a sweaty person. So, and that's just kind of the most over the top is a time to kill and a time to oh, kill. Man. Like, I mean, 
it's set in modern times. It's not set in like, you know, you think it's like To Kill a Mockingbird. It's set like, you know, in Jim Crow era, the South. But it's set in modern times, like where they have air conditioning. Mm -hmm. And yet everyone, Sandra Bullock, Matthew McConaughey, Samuel L. Jackson, like Kiefer Sutherland, all of them, uh, they're just like sweating and sweating and sweating and sweating. Anyway. (laughs) No, and so that that was one of my... my... Sweating at this point. <laughs> so no, yeah, that's why I appreciated the the insider. It's like, come on, we, we do have air conditioning, and yes, we all know um, it's hot down here and humid in the summers. Um, but yeah, we can uh, we we have places to find that that are refuge uh, a refuge from the heat. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, I know that was a little bit of a tangent, but. Kurt, that goes right along what we're talking about today. <laughs> that is. Yeah, you're 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 right, Kurt. Why, why don't you? What's the what's the parallel there? What are you drawing from? I have no parallel. It's so it's today we're talking about having the talk with your student, and by the talk I think, um, you know that is a euphemism for talking to your student about sex, um, about uh, procreation, about God's creational good, and the problems that have come through the fall, um, and how. Uh, to talk about that with your student um, and not only how to do it, um, when to do it, um, all the different things that go through parents' heads. This is one of the things that I think parents dread the most about parenthood um, is, uh, you know, there's there's a little bit of grief. You get, to, you know, we, we have young children. I have a, currently I have a, um, my youngest son is not even two yet. And I've been telling myself all the time, like every time that he does something new, I'm so proud of him. Um, he, you know, he cl- he's a climber and he's climbing all over stuff and, um, you know, and he's saying new words and now he's even trying to put multiple words together and, and you really celebrate that. But at the same time, every time he does it, there's a little tinge of grief because it's like, well, that, that stage is done. And now we've moved on to this next stage. And one of the, you know, true hallmarks of, um, of watching your child grow into an adult is, uh, you know, when you have to talk about these kind of things, which, you know, it can be a very good thing, but it's also, it's always going to be a little bit bittersweet as well. So mm-hmm. that's what we're talking about today. Yeah. Um, yeah. And of course, we're going to, of course, we're going to look at, um, we're going to look at this through the lens as we, we try to every week through the lens of creation, fall, uh, redemption and restoration. So I guess probably how we should start, John, is we should talk about the creational good of sex and um, how it's a gift from God. Um, I'll let you take over from here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks for that, Kurt. Yeah, this is setting me up here. Um, yeah, I, I think, you know, as we look at Genesis 1 and specifically, you know, 26 through 28, I mean, as God is creating uh, mankind after his image, both male and female after his image, um, you know, he says, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth. And there's a lot that that means. It doesn't simply mean, you know, or solely mean uh, sex, but that is an aspect of what God is commanding his creation to do, uh, that they were to multiply and to fill the earth. And so we need to see that um, God, you know, was not embarrassed to talk about sex, that he talks about it in the very first chapter of the Bible. Um, and we obviously, as we see this in Genesis 1, we know this is before sin has entered the world. Um, so we know that sex is not only created by God and commanded by God, but it's also a good thing. Um, and so I, I know, and again, we always kind of jump um, ahead to, 
you know, aspects of the fall. But um, I think many people, uh, many Christians as well, have have seen it um, as as a bad thing. As even you know, saying the word sex is is like a, a cuss word. As we you know think about our conversation with Brian Haybig a few weeks ago, talking about bad language. Um, I think the word sex can kind of go into that that category that it just um, yeah, has been viewed as a bad thing. And, um, and, you know, students have been <coughs> raised to kind of see it as a bad thing. And it's something we don't talk about, but, um, but we've got to, to have a proper biblical understanding. We've got to say, no, it is a good thing. It is created by God. God was not embarrassed to talk about it. God commands his creation, um, to have sex. And this is before, you know, sin has entered the world. So we've got to see that this is a good thing. And this is something we, we need to be talking about and, and really I think that's that's the starting point what we've got to have with our our children I know as Kurt said you know Tuesday we're, we're talking kind of creation fall on Thursday we'll talk about redemption and maybe kind of specifics of you know having the conversation as well as some books some resources uh, that have been been helpful um, but but I know for sure uh, I mean that's where that's where we've got to start as we're having this conversation with our children that God created it um, and God sees this as a as a good thing. Um, so I think you know, um, very simply, that's where we've got to start, Kurt. Yeah, well, I was just going to jump in and say that one of the things that I think is really interesting about this conversation is how our um, it's how humanity's the how modernity has changed this conversation. I was I, a couple of years ago, I was having conversations with a with a dad whose uh, son was close to my oldest son's age. My oldest son is seven. So. Um, this would have been maybe three or four years ago. He was like four or five, and this man's son was four or five. And this man's son had gone to spend um, you know, a couple of weeks or a week with uh, his grandparents who worked on a farm. And uh, this man was saying that his <laughs> son came back, and his son was explaining um, animal procreation to him. Uh, this was a cattle farm, and he was like, "Well, you need a bull, you know, and the bull has, you know, the, you know, the seed, you know, and you know, you have to." And he was a, this four or five year old was just, you know, very matter of factly explaining, like, "Well, this is how you have little baby calves," to you know his dad, and I, he said, "I was, you know, his his dad said I, I knew that he would be on this farm, I, you know, I had not really thought through, you know, that, <laughs> you know, that he was going to be." taken in all the aspects of the farm. Um, but, um, you know, it, that conversation made me think that, you know, <laughs> for many, many years, centuries, even millennia, um, when most people lived agricultural lifestyles, like sex was not, um, the bad word that, um, it was that it maybe is now um, in our uh, in our in our circles, and that it was a, not not that it was commonplace, but everyone, even young children, understood the um, the mechanics of how uh, how life was brought into the earth, um, you know, and how how um, life was reproduced, and that is one of the things that has changed. I mean, not a lot of my students grow up on a farm now. Um, mm. You know, they grow up and uh, they watch um, Paw Patrol and uh, they watch on television. And, you know, there's no episodes on Paw, about, on Paw Patrol about where the puppies come from, um, <laughs> you know. And 
Uh, and so this is something that we have to, the, our context is different. And I think this is a struggle that we have that maybe Christians in a bygone era didn't have, um, that it was, it was, um, the idea of even having the talk would have been, um, foreign to many Christians throughout history because they would be like, well, my son or daughter already understands that that is how, you know, children are, um, conceived and and now um, we have sterilized our culture in such a way, um, and it, that has good and bad things. But we have our culture is is different in such a way that now uh, this is something that maybe we um, this is a modern invention, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Hmm. Yeah, and her just to go back. You, you said something about mechanics. What what did you mean about the mechanics? Well, I just mean like they understand that like the boy. Teasing. <laughs> Uh, you are. I was trying to put you on the, the spot just to try to get a little more detail. John, do I need to have to talk with you? You have five children. Well, I, I, I think you figured it out. I thought that's what this was about. Wait, um, is this being recorded? Oh my goodness. Um, no, honestly, that was a very. And you really, you really took that fill the earth to like serious. Um, no, Curtis, that's a very good point. I'm just, I, I like how you said like this. This whole concept of the talk would have been foreign years ago because it was just so common. I mean, it was something just every day that, you know, children were seeing on a farm and, and all that. And so, yeah, just having those kind of discussions uh, more openly. I mean, even thinking back just, I mean, all the way, you know, to Bible times, I mean, the structure of the home, I mean, the physical house that, um, you know, people lived in. I mean, there wasn't a lot of privacy. There was, you know, a lot that, um, uh, you know, families would have would have seen and, and all that. So, I mean, we've got to think about just the fact that, um, yeah, where we are today and uh, <coughs> yeah, just just how much that's that's impacted um, this entire concept, this entire conversation. And, and again, going back to, um, you know, Genesis one before we, we get to, into the fall a little bit more. And we've got to see that Genesis one passage, um, you know, telling us, instructing us that we are created. Um, as sexual beings, um, that, that that you know, I think some of the the fear uh, for parents uh, in years past is, you know, if we talk to them about uh, sex, talk to our children about sex at an early age, um, we're going to put this idea in their mind, and we're going to, uh, you know, uh, ruin their innocence or corrupt them in some ways. But we've got to see one again that. Um, that you know sex is a good thing that god has created and he's created us as sexual beings so the concept the idea all of that is already in all of our hearts uh, so anyway i just think that's an important and, point to bring up and ironically um in our effort to shield our children from uh what we think are the um the dangerous things of the world if you want to put it that way hmm. when yeah. we when we do that well by sh- shielding them from it, we actually make it into something we, we do a lot of damage to the Christian, to their Christian world and life when we um, shield them unnecessarily from the realities of life. Mm-hmm. Uh, we turn it. Um, I, I mean, uh, this is uh, the, you can see this principle at play all throughout uh, life, but uh, by making uh, sex something that is taboo, um, we turn it into uh, something that is a seedbed for shame, um, for secrecy, for um, for uh, the kind. It, we turn it to a place that's ripe for um, sin to thrive, mm-hmm. and uh, and so, our, ironically, our efforts to shield our children 
from sin actually, in many ways, can contribute to their sin. And it's not that um, people who are trying to shield their children are are, are bad parents or are um, are naive or anything like that. It's just that um, when we you know when we try to um, sterilize uh, our children's lives. We we don't really inoculate them to uh, to the things that they're going to face, and we can often set that can often be a detriment instead of what we intended to be a, an advantage. You know, you think yeah. about uh, the, the child who bites their fingernails, right? You know, the person who bites their fingernails. Um, that's a bad habit, okay? And you would um, you would like to uh, you would like to. Uh, your student not to bite their fingernails. But, you know, one of the things about biting your fingernails is, is that you're going to build up your immune system much faster than, um, than someone who doesn't, or like, you know, someone who sends their child to school, um, you know, or preschool or day school or versus someone who doesn't, again, there's going to be some problems that arise from that, but also your child is also going to be inoculated against things and build up immunity against things and understand things at a quicker pace. So, um, there's some advantages and some disadvantages. Um, and I think lots of times when it comes to this topic, we only talk about the advantages of sheltering children and we don't consider the disadvantages of what we do when we shelter them. Mm, no, that, that's well said, Kurt. And, and, you know, I mean, we've got to be reminded too, I mean, an aspect of this, and I guess, you know, we're, we're starting to get into the fall. I mean, as we've said uh, plenty of times on this podcast is, I mean, we, we've got to have a proper knowledge and understanding of of our sin and our fallen state and that, you know, every, every child that comes into this, uh, into God's creation has a heart that's poisoned with sin. And, um, we need to know that it's not, you know, we're not guarding them from, uh, viewing this good gift of God's creation, um, by, by withholding a proper understanding of it, um, that mm-hmm. again, their, their own heart is going to latch onto it and, and abuse it in ways and think incorrectly about it. And, and, you know, as we again grow up in this world, I mean, there are just endless uh, ways in which this good gift of God has been perverted and marred uh, by, you know, it getting in, you know, uh, just the hearts and minds of of um, of humanity. And so, yeah, I think it is so important uh, to, to start with our children. By, by telling them, look, this is a good thing God has invented because they're quickly going to see all sorts of perversions. I mean, we, we think of pornography just being one of those and, you know, the average age of exposure being 10 years old. And <clears throat> we know many are, you know, exposed to pornography at, a, at much earlier ages than 10. Um, but but we want to, I, I think, Kurt, and I'd love for you to react to this, I think as Christian parents, we want to get ahead of the culture on this and we want to tell our children first, like, what is true, what is right, what is good about sex mm-hmm. before they see or hear the lies of the culture of just this is a nasty, I mean, you know, in many ways we think of pornography, yeah. violent, just, uh, again, perversion of this this good gift. Well, yeah, I mean, it's easier to stay in shape than it is to get in shape. Anyone who's ever uh, exercised can attest to this, is that and so we, we would rather have our students in shape. Uh, we'd rather be proactive than reactive uh, when it comes to our children. Uh, I think that's probably the best move. And, you know, I'll just I can just talk a little bit about um, look. And I think this is where we also say that John and I have not figured all this out. And mm-hmm. we have young children, um, although John's are a little bit older than mine. 
um, we're still working through this. So anything I say that we do, um, don't take it as like, oh, well, this is what you should do. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm, but I am going to share our own experience of how we've talked about that and what, what, um, tools that we've used, uh, to, to talk about that. And I think the first thing, if you go back to our gender conversation that we had with uh, Brian and Hunter, I don't remember how many episodes back that was, but mm-hmm. uh, one of the things when we were talking about gender that I think, um, Hunter said was, um, you know, it starts out, you know, this conversation starts out with like, it's awesome to be a girl. It's awesome to be a boy. Like, isn't it cool that God made you this way? Um, you know, that he made us different and, you know, it really is awesome to be a boy and, you know, it's fun. It's cool. I mean, like, you know, the way that God made us is, is cool and it's awesome to be a girl too. Mm-hmm. And, um, at the very basic level, when your children are young, I mean, that that's one of the things that you have to um, that you want to establish is like, yes, boys and girls are different. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, uh, they know this already. Um, my two year old already knows about his anatomy um, and will t- readily talk about it. Um, <laughs> maybe not when we're ready to talk about it. But anytime that we change his diaper, you know, he looks down there and he starts talking about what he sees and um and, you know, so they already, it's not like he doesn't know that already. Yeah. Um, and, and so the first thing is say, look, well, this is the way that God that made us. And it's awesome that God made us this mm-hmm. way, you know, and his God is smart. He's, he's wiser. He's smarter than we are. And he's made us, you know, male and female. And that's really, that's really cool. Actually, it's really cool. And it's, you know, it's awesome. You know, if you have a son, you see, I have two boys. So, you know, this is where I come from is, you know, say it's awesome that you're a boy, you know, like it's, you know, girls are cool too, but you know, being a boy is, you know, I talk up being a boy to our, to my son. I say being a boy is so fun. Um, you know, being a boy is means that, um, you know, you're, you're going to be a leader and you're going to need to be brave and you're going to need to make, um, you know, hard decisions sometimes. And, um, you know, it means that, you know, what we talk about is being tough a lot or we got to be tough. You know, we're sad or we're, um, or we're scared or we're upset. Um, but we got to think about what's true and then we got to do, make the tough decision, you know, like our knee hurt. We, we fell and we hurt our knee and, um, and it hurts and it's okay for us to be upset about it for a little bit, but now we've got to <clears> be tough. And that's what's cool about being a boy is boys are tough. And I'm not saying the girls can't be tough and you just feel like you can walk into a million landmines here, but, oh, no, um, yeah. That's, that's what we that's what we talk about with our with our boys. It's like, look, this is how God made you. And in fact, we we actually have a book that my wife got, not me. I need to say that right off the bat. Um, and she's the one who purchased it, and she was smart to purchase it. It's called Why Boys and Girls Are Different by Carol Green, and it's a really simple book about. Um, you know, the, the, the title of the book is why boys and girls are different for ages three to five and parents. And the, you know, the, uh, parentheses says learning about sex. Um, and, uh, and, you know, we talk about the fact, you know, that, um, that boys or girls are different. And I think in that book, they even have a picture, like a drawing of, you know, a naked little boy and a naked little girl. And they say, you know, this is this is the difference between these things. And I think some parents might even recoil at that and be like, oh, oh, my word, you know, and it's not I think it's important at this point to say is that when we teach our you know, younger, ch- young children about um, about how the, how God made them, 
Um, we also remind them that we just don't talk openly about these things sometimes. Like it's not always appropriate to talk about these things and they're going to have to learn those. They're going to have to learn those steps too. If I, I know I've been talking for a minute, but I'll tell you a funny story is that, you know, one of the reasons why it's so important to talk about these things with your children early is that um, most most people agree that most experts agree that it it helps to it's not a foolproof method but it helps to insulate them against sexual abuse you know when mm-hmm. you talk about uh, their private parts and you don't use nicknames um, um, but you you actually call them by their you know by their actual names um, it helps them it, it insulates them against um, against people who might want to abuse them and you know when we had a talk with my son about um, about that we told him he said well, now look this is no one touches you there. All right? I mean, I'm, even now I'm scared to use the words on the podcast, and I, yeah, <laughs> um, but I, get it like, I just say, yeah. And I say, um, which is funny. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm not allegedly adults listen to this and I'm scared to use the words in front of them, but I would use the actual word with my, you know, at that time, four or five year old. But I would say, you know, no, no one should touch you there. Like you shouldn't show that to anyone or, um, you know, that God, that's special and God made that we don't. And so it's not, I, I, I can already see that some people would be like, well, I just don't want to do that because I don't, you know, I, I want to maintain some you know, level of decorum or propriety. And it's not like those two things are mutually exclusive is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Um, all that to say is that we had that conversation with my son. And then he came up from preschool. He came running out of the preschool the next morning, uh, next afternoon when my wife picked him up, his preschool or church. And he screamed out, no one tried to touch my, you know, today <laughs> and in front of all the parents. And my wife was like, he was like, great. Um, just Every, everyone, all the, yeah. all the parents just start applauding and, you know, they're just sharing and yeah. enjoy with it. Yeah. All the parents are like, what just happened? So all, all, all of it can really backfire in your face. I mean, that's not that big of a deal, yeah. but oh, yeah, we're not. Yeah. Had that no, story, I, but I think all that to say is that it starts early. It starts early, you know, talking about the difference between boys and girls so that it's not some kind of taboo or crazy thing that we just don't speak about. Mm-hmm. Um, and we want to, we want to foster the environment with our kids that they can talk to us about anything. Yeah. Right. They yeah. can bring anything to us. So. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and yeah, you're, you're hitting, and I know we're, we're going to start wrapping this up pretty soon, but yeah, I think you bring up the, the key point of um, one reason to be talking about this at an early age is to, to protect our children. I know that a lot of research is showing that having these conversations at earlier ages um, can protect our children, as you said, using the right terminology. I know Justin Holcomb was on the local youth worker podcast several um, episodes ago and uh, talking about sexual abuse and that that is an important podcast I do think people need to go back and, and listen to um, those you know in the church and uh, parents as well and you know he's got a, he wrote a book God made all of me we'll talk a little bit more about I was, that on yeah Thursday. I was gonna say uh, and I was about to say shout out to Justin Holcomb because we also have God made all of me so yeah, that's another yeah. book and, and just how, how important it is to, to use that, that proper terminology. And yeah, I've, I mean, I've got some funny stories as well of uh, just, <laughs> you know, one of my children um, <clears throat> who uh, has male anatomy, uh, I guess we'll stay away from the words on this. Uh, we had taught him the, you know, proper name and maybe he was three or so or we were out in the neighborhood and he was riding this, this bicycle and he, he slipped and, uh, you know, hit himself in the crotch and, 
screamed out the proper name, my, you know, whatever. I mean, just loudly yeah. out in the neighborhood and kept <laughs> saying it. And, I was just, and again, it was still kind of foreign that, okay, here is a little child <laughs> using the proper terminology. And it just seemed so kind of, you know, weird and um, strange. But anyway, it, w- it was hilarious. And, you know, we were like, oh, I'm so sorry, but please keep your voice down. You know, I <laughs> keep screaming this, this word out loud in the neighborhood. Um, but you know, I mean, I've even thought, and I know, again, you've got two boys, Kurt, you know, I've got three girls and, and two boys and, you know, as they're younger, um, and you know, you're bathing your children together. I mean, they're going to see things mm-hmm. as you talked about changing the diaper. And I mean, <laughs> it's a good way, you know, to just educate and to have the conversation. And, you know, I mean, parents need to think, you know, as their, their children ask this question, as they're, you know, curious, we don't need to say, oh, no, no, sh- we're not going to talk about that because all of a sudden you're introducing mm-hmm. this kind of shame and this is something we should not be speaking about, you know, to your children. And uh, so again, they're, they're going to kind of read off of your, you know, your, or take from, from your cues and uh, the ways in which you, you model this. And so, yeah, just the, the ways, Kurt, I like how you said, just, you know, this conversation is going to come up naturally. Um, and, and another thing you hit on, and I just wanted to, to emphasize the importance of a message that we've taught our children. And yes, I want to make the, the parenthetical statement too. Kurt and I, you know, are not the experts and, you know, our way is not always the right way, but, but I think a way that, that has been helpful, a, a message we continue to tell our children is mommy and daddy are safe people to talk to about this, that um, we know more than your friends do. I promise you we know more than your friends do. And so we were telling them, look, <clears throat> do, do not be afraid at all to ask us any question about that. If you're, if you're, if, you know, as I'm having older children and, you know, starting to get close to the teenage years, you know, if you hear a word from your friends and you don't know what it is, you know, come and talk to us. And I promise you, even if your friends are talking about sex to you, which we tell them, you know, this is something that we want you to speak openly to us about, but you don't need to be talking to your friends about it. And, um, and, you know, we promise you, we know more about sex than your friends do. So do not take your cues from them. Um, come talk to us about it. And so, um, okay, I'm just waiting for, for Kurt's reaction, but, but I mean, we, we I just, to... I just, I just love, I mean, it's obviously true and you say that, but you know, because you have five children, I mean, I just imagine you being like, look around you. <laughs> We've been fruitful. Okay. We know what we're talking yeah. about. Um, but, but honestly, I mean, we, we've got to, um, just say not only just, you know, life experience and wisdom in general, um, but, but we, I think we've got to kind of get that message across to our, our children that their friends are not all knowing and wise, like they think they are. And, you know, they're going to have, be tempted to have those kind of secret conversations. And, you know, again, I mean, that's just, there, there's so much where, you know, that's where porn exposure begins and all of that is through their peers. And so just communicating, you know, mom and dad are safe people to talk to. You can ask us any question. You won't get us. You won't get in trouble about that. And we want to talk to you about these things. And and to to get away from you know some of the awkwardness of it. I mean, it's got to be you know as we said the talk. It's got to be talks. As many people have said, this is not just a one time thing. I think the more you work it into conversation and the more normal natural it is, it's less awkward. And I found a, a willingness from my, my children to. To speak more openly. So, look, Kurt, we need to wrap this up. Do you want to make any last statement about this before we get into um, content for Thursday? No, no. Let's uh, let's. I think this is a good stopping point, and um, I think it's well said. I, I do want to say that uh, um, <laughs> I, I just can't help but think of. Um, I remember when Jerry Seinfeld first had children. 
uh, that he said, uh, once you, once you have children, you feel like the laws don't apply to you anymore. You say like, I can make my own, he said something like, I can make my own people. You can't <laughs> tell me what to do. That's right. And then when you were talking about you talking to your children, I just thought that that's, that's the kind of image that I had in my head. It's like, look at all these people that I've made. I, I trust me. I know more than you. Um, yeah, yeah. I think that's, everything is well said and why don't we uh why don't we cut it off for today and we'll pick back up on thursday so, yeah sounds great enjoy the conversation kurt yeah hopefully it's helpful to others right. and like we said we'll, we'll talk about some more maybe strategies and talk to your kids and reference some some helpful books as well so look forward to talking to you on thursday kurt see you then man bye